Hi. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I only just saw your text message. I was in the middle of doing some plastering, so uh, I didn't have my, uh, my phone nearby. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I thought that uh, that you would have to be delivering bread, which is why I decided to do something equally valuable with my time, which was replastering a wall. Oh, oh, that is a... Uh, which, which wall? It was the wall above the front door and by the side of the front door in the house. Ah, I know those, uh, I know those walls. Hmm. And for those of you who are thinking, I didn't think that Lee had that many skills that he could actually work as a plasterer as well, I want to be very clear. I live in a house that was built in... Well, actually, there's some debate whether it was 1540 or 1580. But nevertheless, it doesn't have a single straight or true wall. And there are it, multiple places where you can see fingerprints of previous people trying to patch up walls. So it's pretty OK for me to just, like, lob some sand and cement up. It wasn't it, sand and cement, but you know what I mean. It is a very wonky house. It's true, isn't it? Oh, it is very, very wonky. But yeah, I suppose it, when you're over 500 years old, you have every right to be wonky. I think it's a little bit like Gringotts Bank from Diagon Alley and Harry Potter. <laughs> I will take your word for that because <laughs> I haven't been. I, uh, no, I haven't been. I, I, I keep my money in singing frog. Oh, God, I've got no idea what the mythology is. How's your week? Not too bad. I, um, I mean, just to put a... Put a uh, full stop on last week's conversation I, I had two different pieces of uh, met with two different sort of financial advisor people <laughs> and what was their advice buy a house <laughs> they said they said they both laughed when i said look you just i want to tell you that i have no idea no idea about these things and then one, one of them in particular i got to the point every time she used what i thought as a little bit of jargon which i think most people wouldn't conceive of the jargon i just got to the point where i could just raise an eyebrow and she would just start laughing because you know it was really it was really interesting just how um how little i knew and and also how comfortable i have to say i felt saying no i don't have any idea about that I, I am curious, though, what the advice is. Have you put it all in gold? Is that why you were at Gringotts? That's exactly why I was at Gringotts, yes. I've, um, I've put it all in gold. Um, I now have four gold coins. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Congrats. The advice was, uh, the advice was, well, it was interesting in the sense, which is, you know, and it's not surprising, uh, which is just about, well, what kind of person are you? Mm. And... You know, that just in relation to risk, hmm. I wonder my relationship to financial risk, how different it is from my relationship to physical risk or my relationship to et cetera. You know, and I just don't have any real sense of that. Although I have a feeling, a sneaky feeling that I'm pretty risk averse when it comes to right. money. Okay. What about going to a casino and putting it all on 28 black? <sighs> well, I did that as well. That, was, uh, that wasn't good. I'm actually penniless now. It was a good week. <laughs> well, so thanks for Mr. your Hirola. help. Thanks for your help. <laughs> it's Dr. Hyrule to you. 
<laughs> no, I think actually you probably gambled that away as well. <laughs> You've got nothing left, not even your certificates. No, I can't. Yes, it's, uh, it, was, it was really interesting. It was mm. not least because I think any time when you uh, bump into someone whose expertise is not your own, I just find that situation fascinating. Did I tell you that we had a new carpet fitted on the stairs relatively recently? I think you did, and I, because I know that you've definitely mentioned on the podcast just how much that carpet has been worn down by, uh, let's say, animals. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm going to lay it at their feet, literally. But one of the things that I found absolutely humbling was the speed and precision with which Paul which for that was his name was able to navigate a really tricky I've already talked about the wonkiness of the walls you can imagine what our stairs are like Um, although he said it wasn't the worst staircase he's encountered in Totnes Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's being called damned with faint praise isn't it Oh, no, 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 no. I think it was a high watermark. He went, oh, no, no, this was fine. I got it done in a day. It's like it took nearly a full day to lay a stair carpet, and he was sweating. He was really going some. Anyway, it was just every time I opened the door to say, do you need a cup of tea? Don't have time. Carrying on. It was just amazing to watch somebody with, you know, the skill and dexterity to do something that, for me, would have taken a month and would have looked like a dog's breakfast yeah. or would, dinner or lunch. Which, you know, it and, would have looked like dog food. Yeah, sorry, Jeffrey. I mean, there's nothing wrong with dog's food, but yes, it doesn't look great, does it? Do you? Um, I, I think I, I would hazard a guess that no. I think that I think it's one of my favourite things in the world is to watch people do work do skilled work or it doesn't have to be work but a hobby or something where they're displaying a kind of sense of craft and understanding of something i i just think it's i think it's so beautiful i just it it moves me tremendously no matter what the thing we're talking about you know beautiful dexterity and anticipation and sensitivity and all those things that go that we you know call being skilled yes there's a, a hair salon across the road from us that has big windows. And um, in the wintertime of an evening when, when people are getting their hair done and I'm walking the dog, I do enjoy pausing and just watching oh. the stylists. And it's mostly to watch their faces because their faces are just, you know, they're so transported when, they're in, when they are in the act of doing something. They don't mm-hmm. look like the people that they look like when they're having the, you know, the polite chats beforehand. Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I used to have a, uh, I mean, she really was a hairstylist, someone I paid a leg and an arm to see in London. In fact, I stopped because it was just, I, I just, um, the um, the non-profligate part of myself just went, oh, that's not what I want to spend my money on. But she was extraordinary in the way in which she would look at your head and hair, say very little, very little. She wasn't like she'd say, what, what would you like done? It was not that kind of place. And no. she'd go, I'm thinking this. And then there was, yes. so there was a, really such an amazing sense of her working with the, the, <laughs> the contours and the shape and the form of the, and the texture of, you know, and it was really, it was, I used to just, oh, just, just fantastic. Really, really loved it. Please, can I just circle back to that non-profligate part of yourself that stopped seeing somebody that brought you pleasure? Yes. What's that about? <laughs> well, I think it's because um, 
I'm just going to blame my father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it's a theme. No, I don't really. I'm not into um, blaming parents. But I think my I think my father did have a very particular, um, you know, he he. This is the man of, uh, um, as you know well, of um, reversible jumpers because he was mm-hmm. getting two for the price of one. Yeah. And so I think I I think I got a pretty healthy dose of that kind of um uh I'm going to say care <laughs> when it comes to right. money. Yeah, and so okay. I don't I, but your your question is a good one. Um also the thing about those haircuts which I did love. They also they made my hair much more difficult to manage. Right, okay. So my hair became a little bit more of a sideshow to my life that more than I wanted it to be. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yeah. it brought me pleasure the, the the actual haircut and also her work and no question, but um yeah, it was just a little bit yeah, just no, I want to spend my money on other things. Like buying flour. <laughs> I'm still just um I'm I'm bumping against that idea of um of being careful. Mm. Because as you know, my parents, my dad particularly brought up in poverty. I would not describe him as a profligate man. Will be ending his life very comfortable compared to how he started his life. Sure. Worked incredibly hard. None of that is intergenerational wealth. That's all stuff that he has earned and made and and that my mum <laughs> my mum has gambled him towards. So you know, it's a partnership absolutely. Um but I remember Probably, probably when I got my second house. So this would be, well, actually, it would be the third. The one, the you know, the big tall one in Northampton? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there was something that I needed to have done. I think it was like, it was, I know, I wanted to have a pantry built into the kitchen for storage because there wasn't enough storage. And, and so underneath the stairs, I wanted a, a whole load of uh, shelves that would be like, oh, well, almost a walk-in pantry. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling really guilty about the fact that I didn't want to do it myself. Oh. And so I talked, I talked to my dad about it. Um, my dad said, how much is he charging you an hour? And I, I told him the figure that the, the, the carpenter had... Uh, quoted you. Quoted us, yeah. And he went, and how much do you get paid an hour? And I told him how much I get paid an hour. And he went, right, there you go. The sums have worked himself out for you. He gets paid less than you, therefore your time is worth more than his time, therefore it makes sense to pay him your money so that you can make your money with your time. And I said, okay, but why do, you, why do you do it? He went, because I don't get paid as much as an electrician. I don't get paid as much as a plumber and I don't get paid as much as a bricklayer. So I will do all of those jobs because I don't want to be in deficit. And he said, the moment that you are in deficit is the moment that you do the job yourself. And that was, wow. that was his equation. So he does stuff because he costs less than the people it would cost to employ. Wow. I mean, it does open up questions about the value of what we do, doesn't it? Which is, I guess, is perhaps a different conversation that is 
well, how is it possible that someone with those kinds of skills is paid less than the kind of things that you and I do? Oh, abs- <laughs> absolutely. But I don't think that that's a, you know, that's a, not a neoliberal lid we want to lift off that particular can of worms, is it? No, no. Um, or maybe it's a lid off can a can of neoliberal kind of, worms. Yeah, I just, I, I love my worms. I love my neoliberal worms. They're, um... But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There is the, what we value and what we are prepared to pay for is, is quite astounding. Um, and what we have decided is quote unquote professional and what we isn't what we consider isn't you know what is a trade versus what is a profession just the language that we have in in it's english so weird, to separate it? people or the is, knowledge is... now we have knowledge workers you know like yeah. it just ma- makes me kind of gip yeah i had a um oh yes you're making me think that one of the i think one of the remarkable things about encountering other human beings aside from watching skill people perform skills that's one of the i have to say it's one of the things i've always liked about sport uh it's going wow you know i remember the first time for example the first time i went to the australian open so i'd been to the u.s open a couple of times but i had these amazing seats at the australian open i can't remember how i got them but they were like box seats so they're really low down and i was watching have you ever heard of a tennis player called andre agassi yes he was married to brooke shields i <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, in my head, my I I could hear your response, which was <laughs> he was married to Brooke Shields. Well, that's the who's, only reason one would ever need to, to know someone. I've no idea. Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf. Have you heard of Steffi what? Graf? German it tennis like a player. Lady's name. It's a lady. A German tennis player, right? No, I don't know her. But uh, I, one of the, uh, just oh, I can't remember. What I was going to say they were talking about seeing Andre Agassi playing, but I, that was a loop out of something else, and I can't remember. Oh yes. Um, anyway, I finished the Andre Agassi thing, which was seeing him play, and this was towards the end of his career. But when I was, it was effectively courtside, but at one end. So it means you're low down as opposed to sitting up high, looking down on them. And uh, it was an early round. It wasn't, you know, so he wasn't playing anyone particularly well known. But I, and you know, as you know, I I was an advanced, a very skilled tennis player. But it blew my mind how fast he was and how uh, it was extraordinary it was really and there was so much pleasure for me in seeing that kind of but yeah it was uh there's a kind of appreciation of that uh yeah it was it was amazing but what i was going to say was uh and this is I don't quite know how it connects to the andre agassi thing now but you know maybe in the edit you can fix that and uh the was that sense of the, the strange thing when we encounter differences on what people how how people spend their time just a really simple a really simple simple thing about well, why is it that you would spend your time doing that and trying to get my head around why someone might spend you know three hours a day on reddit for example mm. why you know and so I, yeah it's just I, i'm kind of fascinated by trying to understand those sorts of differences or even if they're understandable yeah, I don't think they are understandable, are they? I mean, I I can't understand why Bob would want to stay up late at night and <laughs> and sleep in in the morning. And she can't understand why I think getting up at ten past five at this time of year is just perfection. And I'd like it's to be in bed by idea. seven. It's, you know, we it's it's... And a long time ago, I relaxed into recognizing that we have, you know, a 
probably four hour window where we're both occupying the same level of consciousness and, and focus, which is lovely. A lovely period of time. Um, but is that about is that about basically like one to five, one p.m. to yeah. five p.m. Yeah, it's probably maybe maybe it's maybe it's more like twelve to four. If I'm honest, I'm tailing off by five o'clock, um, which is why everybody at work has learned maybe don't put Lee in a meeting at, at four till five because he'll just start to cry. <laughs> he'll just want to climb under the table exactly. and go. Somebody uh, sorry, bring sorry. me some warm are you, milk. Are you actually sucking your thumb there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what they. Uh, it, have you? Have you been caught sucking your thumb in a team meeting before? (laughs) I'm quite. It's only happened to me twice. (laughs) I find the move to teams has been great because I just uh, I just drop my face down and just gently, (laughs) gently, quickly. Suckle my uh, suckle my thumb, and I'm fine. Then I'm able to return to the yeah, conversation. It's much harder in real person, in um, you know, face to face, sort of leaning over to quietly suck your thumb while someone's talking to you. <laughs> I'm going to try it this week, though. <laughs> Me, too. I, I, Me too. I'll let I'll let you all know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I might save it until I'm chairing a particularly awkward committee and, and just put my do thumb you mute, Do you mute yourself? Like, are you quite a noisy thumb sucker, or is it? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> That's a first. The first time I've, we've sucked our thumbs on mid-laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> to segue back to uh, how people spend their time. I think jump cut is the word anyway. <laughs> I would just like to say one of the reasons I have been not quite leaping out of bed not long after five, but certainly feeling keen to be up and about. It's the time of year when the seal is in the river again. And I imagine Jeffrey's is, pretty keen as well. He likes to look at him, and we we both well. He sits down and stares, and I stand and stare. And um, we we've had various types of shows from the seal. Uh, we had a head pop up out of the water, and then a three hundred and sixty degree turn, just the head, like just like sort of spinning around. And then mm-hmm. I the like periscope. to think there was. Yeah, I like to think there's a little wink and then he went under the water, but it might have just been him blinking. But I'm going to say he winked at us. Uh, And then we've had the full kind of like sort of whale breaching and going under thing. It's just, we've had so many little, uh, well, we've had three. Is it just the spring? It's not in the autumn as well? Um, Just once a year, more or less. I think it's about what time i'm able to be out of the house and what time the sun comes up that i'm able to see his morning gotcha. activities i've got you. i I've suspect gotcha. he's yeah i suspect he's doing this all year round but i'm not going to be walking in the pitch black and even if i was i wouldn't be able to see him right you know so this is just perfect as long as i'm out before uh, and by the river before six i usually get a little visit with him and he's or she, I don't know the gender. I, uh, mm. I'm sorry that I, if I've, if I've made a mistake, but it is a truly beautiful creature. Oh, oh, that's been my week watching the seal in the morning with my good friend Jeff. So yeah, so the rest of the week was, um, yeah, it was a. I mean, I'm still dodging the news, which is starting to feel a little bit weird. Mm. And then I bumped into a neighbour last weekend. I was, <coughs> oh, that was part of the pitch tenting. No. Ah, yes. How was the pitch tenting? <laughs> well, I took it outside. I pitched my tent yeah, outside, which, uh, oh, yes, that's right. And because um, it was a sunny day and I was, I was uh, in order to, um, to re-waterproof it, I needed to pitch the tent outside. And mm-hmm. it's amazing when you, when you do that uh, on a sunny day and all my neighbors were coming out and asking me what was, uh, 
what was going on. And uh, it was quite, a, it was a really lovely afternoon just sort of having these, a series of quite elongated conversations with my next door neighbours. But mm. one of them, one of them said, uh, said that he was deeply troubled by uh, what's going on in the world. And I went, oh, what is going on? <laughs> and he looked at me slightly, I think slightly, you know, a little bit like your house, a little bit wonky. <laughs> and askew, uh-huh. and um, and I said, I, I'm so sorry, but I, I, you know, about two months ago, maybe it was longer, I decided that I didn't need to keep looking at the news, that it was becoming a thing in my life that was, and he said, that's wise. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he talked about China and Taiwan and Russia and Ukraine and um, just the, the sort of... So he was anxious about the global Yeah, stuff. global geopolitics, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I would like to ask, seriously, how has the bread business gone? Talk to us about it. Come on, show off. So, did you say show off? Come on, because you should. You should be proud of yourself, and I want, you to, I want you to use this platform to tell everybody how well you've done. Well, I... Thank you. I, it's, it, I was just speaking to a friend in Italy this morning, actually, uh, while I was still baking. I did get up at 4am, and... I did describe it as a sort of hobby with benefits because it's (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) because there's no question that it's, you know, it's just past, it's just a bit more than a hobby Um, because I can't, basically I, I can't really scale up anymore. Yeah. I'm already at that limit. Um, I mean, I could do it every day, which would be pretty taxing. Um, but so what it's what it's really interesting is just to go okay there's a it's quite different it's you know just technically it's quite different the processes uh because i'm working with a lot more <laughs> a lot more dough <laughs> but hmm. also because uh and this is that thing about skill i guess which i, I where i um what's happening now when i'm making bread i'm i'm pay i pay attention very little to time i keep an eye on temperature of the dough a lot, but I'm yeah. only just, I'm just looking. So I'm, I'm able to pay attention to how it looks, but before deciding when to go to a next phase, for example. So oh. I'm, even in this, even in this process, which of course is only two weeks old now, I'm, I'm messing with it lots. And while it, so it, so it's a long way from being settled into, so there's yeah. a, there's something about my understanding of it, which has grown enormously in the last, even the last year really. Yeah. But then also, um, but now I'm, I'm, there's a sort of sense of being able to play with a process which and get something kind of settled in where I can feel, okay, yep, I can do this. Because I don't, at yeah. the moment, I'm like, what time do I have to get up in order to cook all that bread two loaves at a time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's great. I mean, I just, I just bike down, I put them all in a, in a old 25 kilogram bag of flour and then put them in my, a big backpack and then bike down. <laughs> And so I can only I can I've hit the limit I can limit in terms of amount of fridge space and uh, and how much I can carry and how long it takes um, and so yeah it's basically ten maybe I could do twelve at a stretch but that's it. Do you think your relationship to beauty has changed as you've got older? Oh wow, that's a question that needed to be asked at the beginning of the oh, recording. I thought it was just I thought it was a 
I mean, it only just come to me because of you were just talking about, you you know, because of what you've just been describing about um, the seal and... Absolutely, my relationship to beauty has changed because I think I see it... I think I can see beauty in so much more now. Hmm. I, I think I'm. I think I'm more forgiving of, you know, certainly of people's expression of how they want to be in the world. I'm able to find much more joy in it rather than kind of thinking that person doesn't look like Winona Ryder, therefore they're not pretty. Just <laughs> me, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you slacker. I know, or, or, or Molly Ringwald, if we want to be really honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, can we just pause? Hmm. Molly Ringwald. She oh. propped up a lot of teenage uh, teenage lives, didn't she? <laughs> she was a very special creature for a very she's, short window of time. And she still is, though. Oh, I'm sure she absolutely is, but she she was a she was very present for many people. Thank you, Molly. And also Winona. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, Winona was less, but possibly because at the same time we had Winona, we also had Keanu. Uh, yeah, I was I more mean, into Ali Sheedy, I have to say. But anyway, but yeah. 90, more than 1991 Keanu. Yeah, he. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I was too rigidly straight. Sadly, sadly, sadly yeah, so as well. I actually. think he, I just, I remember thinking that he was like ethereally beautiful and it transcended gender for me what was he in 91 what was he playing in then he was probably in he was probably coming off the back of uh, uh bill, bill and Ted. ted's um and i think uh he would have been heading towards or had just been in my own private idaho with oh, river god, phoenix with the uh, river phoenix god that was a beautiful film heartbreakingly beautiful mm, it was. i loved that film I'm trying to think, but it was before it was before his Dracula days, which is when I just went, "Ugh, curtains and a silly accent." What was I thinking? Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that that thing you're saying about that about beauty also is, you know, it, it also circles back a little bit to. Um, I liked what the way you said that your. You seem you're more open. I think I'm not quite sure the word you use to to also the the various ways in which let's say beauty is manifest in people or the kinds of things that they're and it just circles back to that you know that sort of trouble I had with how is it that you're interested in this you know that kind of yeah. question about what it is that people value. Yeah. But I like what you said there. It makes me. Um, do you go looking for it, or do you think it's just more beauty that is, or do you think you're just more open for it to be? that you're more available to it and you st so you've started seeing it more. Oh, that's interesting. I think I go looking for it less. And so as a result, it, I am struck by things more. Hmm. And is it, there's this sort of sense for you that when you're, I guess we're talking more about being outside here, but is there a sense that you tend towards seeing larger things or is it that you, is that there's a sort of, that you're also zooming in and we might catch a little, a tiny thing which evokes the same sense of wonder. Oh, no, or, there's, defi or... there's definitely a sense of zooming in. Definitely a sense right. of zooming in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's a really, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very beautiful note to, um, I'm thinking to finish on. Oh, let's do that.